Hey, Rebel Hearts. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. No, because we would not treat you like fools. We would not pander to you or patronize you. At this point, you know we care about you. Yeah, and you know we care about keeping it 100. And if this is your first time joining us, then just so you know, we care about you. And welcome. And welcome, bitch. Uh, should we introduce ourselves? Uh, yes. Who the hell are you, girl? I'm Angel Lopez. You I, Yes, I am. Last I checked. I am a writer and a producer of feature films, and I am also an astrologer and healer and teacher. Yes, all those things are true. And queeler. Yeah, you keep trying to make that a thing. Hey, somebody wrote in and said that they are now using queeler, so it's a thing. Apparently it's a thing. Live with it. I'm living with it. I'm living, what is it? Living with love? Living, living with love. You're living for love? I'm living for love. (laughs) Apparently not. Shade. Who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I am a healer. I am a tarot reader and teacher. uh, And I'm also a writer and creative and all-around mystic weirdo. And a wonderful cook. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm certainly cooking a lot. You are. I've cooked every dinner for the last two months i've chipped in here and there you chipped in once wow and you made pasta sauce twice so is it gonna become a fight great no i just welcome to the spiritual gaze have a fight i mean i'm just trying to keep it real all right well then we'll talk about i guess i should add a cleaning person to my (laughs) list of things then as well you do do a fair share of the cleaning i'm not going to deny that so here we go i had a therapist once that said to me in a relationship, if you feel like you're doing more than 50%, then you're doing a good job. Because no matter what, when you're in a relationship, you're going to feel like you're the person doing more. It's just always going to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like we both feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's like, I'm busy. Well, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm doing more. No, I'm, I'm doing, doing more. more. So that's compromise. And that's what, keeps, that's what keeps this relationship going. Well, that and the communication we have in between those spurts yeah. of, I'm doing more. Totally. Because we communicate the fuck out of it. And I imagine a lot of people out there, if you're listening and live with other people, like, I mean, what has this experience done for you because <laughs> it sure as hell has taught us a lot yeah it has um i mean we were already had been living together for like nine ish um, nine years yeah wow yeah nine years yeah um but we've grown as a unit even more in so the last true. few months yeah i mean we've had no choice <laughs> grow or die oh lord should uh, we do a little check-in yeah since it seems like we already are yeah we're easing into it. We're easing into a check-in. So check in with me. Uh, what is there to say? I mean, these are crazy times. They are. These are unprecedented, ludicrous times. And I think we're also adapting very quickly. That's what I'm noticing is the adaptability of the human race that's always talked about we're experiencing. Like we were just cleaning our groceries earlier today before we brought them into the house. And I said to Angel jokingly, I was like, I can't even remember a time when we didn't do this. Yeah. Like it just happened so fast. So um, just like learning the new ropes of this existence, setting new boundaries. I find that I've been busier in quarantine than I was when we weren't in quarantine. So creating some more days off, creating some more space for nothing. Yesterday, I just like napped and did breath work in the sun for like three or four hours. And, like a little kitty cat uh, it was roaming so, around the home. It was so nice. Um, and just like leaning into that. Um, and my heart is good. I had some dark nights of the soul last week, but this week I'm feeling more in surrender and more in peace. And I think I'm just deepening my own relationship with my intuition and learning how to give myself direction and trusting my intuition to help me stay in safety 
And I'm really glad that we took that journey through all of those Madonna music videos. <laughs> that was a real highlight. Yeah, if you missed that, on my personal Instagram, we chronicled uh, uh, that we, our adventure through, I think it was like 30, it was like 30 days, 30 something days, well, 30 something nights of Madonna videos. Yeah, I think so. We did three a night. Starting in chronological order from the very beginning to the very end. Yeah. And I learned a lot about Madonna. I learned a lot about Angel. And I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. What are one thing you learned about each of those? Well, I learned that Madonna is an amazing dancer, which I didn't really know. Like, I knew she could dance, but I didn't know how amazing she was. And I don't know if I could articulate what it is I learned about you. I just think I was able to connect so much of your life experiences to Madonna. Mm. Like I learned where you came in. Because there's a little bit of an age difference between Angel and I. Not a huge age just not a huge age difference, but enough that we came to Madonna at different evolutions in her career. And I just kind of like learned specifically where she caught you right. and then where she caught me. Yeah. And that that kind of influences the lens through which you view all of Madonna. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I met Madonna in Ray of Light. Like that's where she found me. And that was her peak in a lot of ways, like musically and artistically, as far as I'm concerned. So looking through that lens, everything else was kind of like, what? Huh? Who? Like it was always very confusing. Whereas to see Ray of Light in the span of her whole career, you understand that like, it was amazing, but it was also like a slight detour. Like it was just part of something that had been building. So I don't know. I just like, I like love Madonna. I have a, I have a respect for her uh, artistically that I didn't have before. Personally, I still find her problematic, but I think everyone does. Yeah, even me. But, but interesting just hearing what you said, like about how you, when you look at someone's life, from like a larger per perspective like that, you really do see how certain things that how at one time can seem like the end all be all moment are actually just sort of detours, which I think is interesting to then consider that in the scope of your own life, right? Yeah. Like what end all be all moment in your life was really just like a highly successful detour. Yeah. And I feel like we'll touch a little bit on that in today's deep dive. Oh my goddess, I think we will. Look at you weaving it all together, little spider over there. <laughs> She's a producer. Yeah, honey. All right, check in with me. What's going on with you? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm also a little caffeinated today, so. I'm we both all... are. We had coffee today, which is a rare treat. Yeah. And possibly so... <laughs> hole in the ground <laughs> that we'll both fall into. It'll be a hole in the ground later today. Ooh, child. So I'm a little hopped up. But uh, as far as how I'm doing inside i'm actually doing pretty well i you know like you have had some had some dark moments but everyone has and i've chronicled a lot of them uh in this show but i am <laughs> feeling i know you know i'm honestly feeling like on some level like i'm i'm turning a corner with it uh we had a really fantastic breathwork healing circle this past weekend and I felt like I had just like a revelatory moment for myself uh, in my breath work. Uh, normally, it's such a physical experience for me. Like I'm like really f like almost focusing on like the intensity I'm feeling in my body that I don't really go anywhere like mentally so much so. Um, but this time it was almost like part shamanic journey in that I had visuals of myself as a young child in my bedroom and could see myself like what I was doing then and like all of the dreams that I was creating for myself at like seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And I realized like how much I needed to forgive myself as the adult me Um because I just started telling, I just started saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like I saw adult me looking at this little kid being like, I'm so sorry because I felt so bad that like I hadn't manifested all those dreams for that little kid. And that was like a huge moment. And I just like started sobbing <laughs> in breath work. 
because ultimately, too, you know, through that process, I realized that I, I need to forgive myself now, you know, that just because I didn't manifest all of that little kid's dreams doesn't mean that everything that I haven't accomplished up to this point isn't valid and valuable and that I'm so grateful to be in this moment right now sitting in this room with you and our little pup and like having this conversation and having this platform so I'm like it it brought me to a place of I'm I'm happy with where I am right now and that's okay and I should be happy with where I am right now and I can still do what I can to help manifest some of those dreams, but I need to do them from the place I am now, not from that little kid place of like, when's it going to happen? It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think it's not uncommon that the first couple of times you do breath work, it's very physical because you're kind of moving energy that's been stuck for a really long time through Mm -hmm. some channels that maybe haven't been used in a while. But since you've been doing it a little bit more regularly, I think now you've kind of moved to a deeper level of experience with it. Um, which is nice to see, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I used to resist it so much, but now I, I look forward to it a bit. Oh, good. Well, because you know I'm going to put Madonna on the playlist. Well, and I'm, remember I told you I'm going to make a whole Madonna breathwork session. I'm going to work on that this week. You should. <laughs> um, I know that this isn't like a medicine bag segment, but I just want to bring up really briefly the TV show We're Here on HBO because oh, it's like yes. been so meaningful to me personally. Um. And last night we were watching it. And it's basically these three drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara, and Shangela Laquifa Watson. And they go to these small towns in the United States and they put people in drag and they help to create more visibility in the queer community in that small town, wherever it is. And last night's episode, although this is a theme based on the geography of where they're going, which is, you know, religion and homosexuality being at odds with each other. And it made me realize how proud I am that we are the spiritual gaze, because what we're doing here is showing that there doesn't need to be an at odds between your belief in a higher power and your own authenticity, however you might be, queer or otherwise. And I just felt like I wanted to speak to it, um, because I think it's an important thing to be spoken about, and I'm just grateful that we're able to have these conversations and to be visible forces in the world that say like you can have a direct relationship with spirit and be the freaky queer unique authentic person that you feel in your heart you're supposed to be yeah man i love that thank you for bringing that up and you're right it does really bear a lot of weight to be merging those two it just gets me really angry to be honest with you when i see how the love of the divine has been used in so many ways, to make people not love themselves. And I loved in the episode last night where Bob, the drag queen, was sharing some wisdom from his mom, which was just the simple statement that, like, you were perfectly made. Like, you were made with, like, not too much of one thing and not enough of another thing. Like, you were made perfectly. And I think that is the most spiritual belief there is. Like, that's being made in God's image, is that you were made perfectly. And that God is the multi-form. God has an infinite number of faces. And so, of course, each and every one of us is a perfect mirror of one of those faces of the divine. Yeah. Yeah, I even think back, not to make this like a fucking Madonna podcast, but that dark ballet video that, I mean, it really just tells the story of Joan of Arc or a version of that, but just how religion was used against, you know, so many women who were deemed witches Mm. you know for having like just nature-based beliefs about their connection to spirit totally. for just having a personal yeah relationship with spirit yeah and the fear that that generated it's fucking so don't be afraid witchy girls <laughs> yeah all the witches i've been reading this book about the shadow uh-huh go on and it was saying in there how men on some level in order to reconnect to their shadow selves in a healthy way need to reclaim their witch oh we'll do an episode on the shadow in a couple weeks cool well we do want to share a little segment with you all though 
Yes. Before we just start talking about all the interesting things that we've been diving into. Yeah, totally. Uh, we want to give you a cosmic update because, you know, you're alive on planet Earth. You can feel that there's a lot happening in the heavens, particularly this week. Three planets stationing to go retrograde. So without further ado, here's your cosmic weather person, Angel Lopez. And this is this episode's Cosmic Update! So yes, as Brandon mentioned, we have a bunch of planets moving into a retrograde phase. Which is basically when a planet, you know, slows down in the sky and astrologically, it's a time for all the RE things in our lives. Review, reassess, reconsider, renew, restore. So this week we started with Saturn, which as we know is the planet that rules authority, responsibility, hard work. You know, it's where we need to adult ourselves. Restriction. Yes, restriction. So we're restricting the restriction. I like that. <laughs> but basically with this slowdown, you know, you might find yourself taking stock of what you've been responsible for and really whether the way that you have been working is gaining you the productivity that you actually desire. And it really takes us back to a time from the beginning of February. So we'll be backtracking to the beginning of February. And so we'll all have a chance to really look back on the ground that we've covered since then. And to really ask ourselves, like, how in that time have you been taking responsibility for the future that you want to build? And because it dipped its toe in Aquarius and now is moving back into Capricorn, I think there's something to the idea of asking, is it possible to connect more purpose to the work you do in a way that will influence the collective in a greater way? Ooh, that's very profound. Right? Because... Hope you're taking notes, everybody. <laughs> uh, well, don't you agree that that kind of makes sense? That resonates? 100%. Um, you know, and you already may be feeling like you need to shift some of your work uh, to better reflect all that you've learned about yourself in these last few months. So now's a good time to like slow down and take the time to begin those adjustments. You know, how do you... I feel like you always use the word integrate, which I love. You know, so how do you integrate... Everything that you have taken into your life from the beginning of February up to this point and, you know, again, integrated into moving the work you do moving forward. Um, and I think it's important to employ both your imagination and your intuition in this process uh, because then it will be, a, you know, completely more productive time if mm -hmm. you have everything working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're also going to see Venus. Uh, enter her retrograde phase and that's going to happen in Gemini. So Venus cares all about relationships. Gemini is mental, communication centric. So on one hand, it's very much like reevaluating your relationship to your mind, your thoughts. That's that personal level. I feel like you actually always talk about Gemini being kind of like that gateway to like the relationship with yourself, right? That's even like the lover's card. So it's that invitation into that. So this is a good reevaluation time around, like, how am I relating to myself? But because it is Venus, too, and that is, she's all about, like, outward relationships, it is also going to be pushing us toward the conversations that just need to be happening, you know? Like, really, like, the time to just get into, like, the verbal weeds of it all, you know? Yeah. State all the unresolved things. And Gemini also rules, like, our neighborhood, Mm -hmm. So I think it might be an opportunity because there's a lot going on collectively. Like we're thinking about the whole world right now with everything that's going on, but we really are only most effective in our direct communities. And so Gemini is kind of like your neighborhood, like your immediate community yeah. and like reevaluating those relationships, having those conversations, which I think makes a lot of sense is like things start to get like murkier. We move into the gray area of like partially reopening and you're going to have to do a lot more communication to negotiate your boundaries, how things are going to happen. Like nothing can be taken for granted. So yeah. It's good to have Venus and Gemini totally. right now moving backwards because we're just, we're probably going to get sick of talking, but we need to talk it out mm -hmm. and create new ideas because Gemini is deeply creative. Yeah. So the way, I don't know about you, but sometimes like having a conversation about something, I arrive at something that I wouldn't have found had I just been thinking about it alone. Totally. Uh, also important to note, Venus is also concerned with your money. 
So how you've chosen to partner with your money. So girl. That's going to come up. Don't be spending crazily. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, start to have conversations that can help you to rearrange your money or just to approach it in a new way. Um, you know, and obviously too, like how you think, because it's Gemini, how you think about money. You know, is it your friend? Is it your enemy? You know, maybe it's time to make it more of an ally. Is it your obsession? Oh, shit, bitch. But uh, this is all going to go on through June 26th. Uh, and then, yes, Jupiter also enters its retrograde phase. And Jupiter is all about your personal growth, as well as your relationship to abundance and optimism. So this transition is all about, you know, making sure that you're growing into the person that you've wanted to see yourself become, you know, and, you know, have you been growing in the way that you want to? Have you been expanding toward the future that you envision for yourself, you know? And I think it's time to catch up with yourself. Like maybe you've been growing faster than you're able to integrate, as Angel's talking about, yeah. or faster than you're able to process. So retrogrades are not a bad thing. And I honestly feel like these retrogrades in particular have been maligned. And I actually think they're really here to help us because it's been really intense and we need a little bit of a slowdown so that we can actually see where we are. Because we've all been in survival mode. So much has been happening that I don't think anyone really understands what has transpired on a deeper level. Like, is anyone even aware how shot your nervous system is? Right. Like, I'm just coming to understand that my nervous system is shot to hell. So these retrogrades might help us slow down and care for the things that need to be cared for so that when they go direct again later this year, early next year, we can really move forwards in a new way. Yeah, so true. Um, and I think to that, just adding to the slowdown, lastly, I just want to bring up that Mars is going to be moving into Pisces this week. Oh, so, get out your music, get out your songs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, get out your creativity wands because yeah, she'll definitely want to get you creative, but she does slow down. It can make things murky. It can make forward action a little like, wait, what? Aren't we supposed to be actually doing something right now? Yeah. She's like moving through molasses yeah. upside down in she slow motion. She a little lost. So my big, uh, you know, piece of advice in general for this spirit should always be the first call you make in the morning. Ooh, child. Again, are you taking notes, everybody? <laughs> so just be sure you have some sort of solid morning practice in place for yourself. You I know? love it, that. Right. It doesn't have to be like, you know, fucking meditation pillow or like, you know, a yoga pose like Pisces loves to dance too. So you can be fun also, but do something that feels like, Hey spirit, I see you. I feel you. Help guide me today. I'm in a shadow work class right now. And somebody recently discovered that they can text themselves and that they're <laughs> using that as a way to actually communicate with spirit. Like they are literally texting themselves intentions or prayers or things of that nature. That's and I actually thought that's a really great way to use the technology. Yeah. Um, so maybe that first text in the morning is to yourself, a.k.a. spirit. Cute. I'm all for it. All right, babies. Put on your spacesuits or your scuba suits or your Versace one-piece bathing suit, whatever you want to get comfortable in as we prepare My to suit. enter, sure, if you want, this episode's Deep, deep Dive. Because it's like, are we deep diving up are we deep diving down are we deep diving within who knows who the fuck knows i mean it's all of the above right So we wanted to do a more tarot-centric episode, and one of the subjects that's been gathering a lot of traction in our 12-week class, Tarot and Cosmos. Shout-outs to all our TNC fam. Loving. We love you all so much. Um, is the idea of year cards and life cards, meaning that based on the numerology of your birthday, you can get a sense for yourself what cards is your soul most connected to. And people have really been um, just like juicing this concept as, as much as they can. And so Angel and I thought we would explain this concept a little bit more and then explain the cards that we're talking about and how you might be able, if nothing else, just to get a sense of like, what is my life card and what is my 2020 card and understand what you are moving through, the challenges, the opportunities, um, through the aperture of the card. 
Yeah. And it can even be a way to really track cycles in your life because you can go back and be like, oh, I had a similar year this year of my life. And what were the lessons then? How do they mirror the ones now? How do they mirror the ones now? So, yeah. Exactly. Tools for self-awareness. So the cards that we use when we do this sort of practice uh, are the Major Arcana cards. And we have a whole episode about the Major Arcana. So maybe that's your next listen if you haven't heard that episode yet. But the Major Arcana cards, they are those 22 cards that chart the seasons of our existence. They take us on a journey from innocence to enlightenment and then back again. It is a journey that never ends. We move through this journey of the Major Arcana many times in our lives. And and each and every one of us might spend a little bit more time in a certain part of the track, so to speak. And so we can think of the major arcana cards as archetypes. And archetypes are these consistent patterns of energy that predate human experience. So an archetype means it's not just about humans. It's something you're going to find everywhere. Um, so the energy of like true mother or true father or true success or true shadow, you know, these are things that are bigger than human beings. And so... I like to think of them as seasons, because once you know what season you're being approached with, you can dress appropriately, right? Mm -hmm, like, yeah. if you know it's about to be a heat wave, then you probably should, you know, break out your crop tops and your flip-flops. <laughs> right. So, you can get a sense of, like, what is the season of this life? What is the season of this year? Um, and that's not to say that you don't get to work with the other cards. It's just that you might be a specialist in certain seasons as opposed to others. So... It just requires some really simple addition. I'm not a huge math person, but numerology thrills me because it's just some simple math. Math? So, what's that? What's math? Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to add up your birth date. So this is how we're going to get your life card, all right? So it's pretty simple. Just pull out your calculator. Here's how you're going to do it. So my birthday is February 15th, 1985. So you're going to add each digit of those numbers. So 2 plus 1 plus 5 plus 1, plus 9, plus 8, plus 5, equals 31. So 31 becomes 4, 3 plus 1. So my life card is a 4. The fourth card in the Major Arcana is the Emperor. So my life card is Emperor. Now, there are 22 cards, but the Fool is 0, so it really only goes to 21. And so if your birthday adds up to any number less than 21, just stop there. Don't add down to a single digit. So if you get 16 or 19 or 11, stop there. But some of you, like let's say your birthday, you know, let's say that you were born on January 1st of this year. You're not listening to the podcast, obviously, but that would be one plus one plus two plus two. And so you would be a six, you would be a lovers and that's it. You're a single digit. Right. So you can do that for your birthday. But then you can also do that for every year of your life. And so you just change the year. So again, just using myself as an example, because I'm an Aries rising and it's all about me. Two plus one plus five plus two plus two, because it's 2020, right? So that gets me 12, which is the hanged man, which is all about spiritual surrender and acceptance. And let me tell you, that's what this year has been. <laughs> now, I could also reduce that to a three, and this could also be a secondary empress year, but that's not how I think the cards work. I think you you only reduce it if it adds up to that single digit in the first place. Otherwise, stick with the double digit number that correlates to those major arcana cards. So this is a really fun practice um, because it really gives you a sense of like, okay, what's my like, what's my birth card? What is my what is my life about in some capacity? And then you could go back and you could listen to that Major Arcana episode and really zoom in when we're talking about that specific card. But it's also a really cool way to track patterns, life patterns, because everybody, based on your birthday, is going to have different cards that you cycle through. Not everyone's going to cycle from card number one to card number 21 one year at a time. You'll find that you actually spend most of your life in the same little portion of the major arcana pathway. And that gives you the sense of like, what am I going to specialize in? So if you have some time, who doesn't, you can add up what are my year cards for the next 20 years? Or go back and do your year cards, you know, starting from your birth and try to get a sense of like, what was happening for me at seven if that was, uh, you know, 
a moon year for me. And you start to get a sense of that. Um, like for me personally, I spend most of my life in the back half of the major arcana. So I am spending a lot of my years in hanged man, in death, in the tower, the star, the moon. These are the cards that kind of take us into cosmic consciousness. They liberate us from our false prisons. They want to teach us about the shadow and healing and releasing ego um, and false identity. And that really tracks for me because that really is a lot of what I am spending my life doing. But there are other people who might be spending a lot of their life in the earlier portion of the Major Arcana, and they're learning about passion and ambition and choosing what they want to surrender their life over to. And at a moment in our collective struggle, as we attempt to make meaning out of what's happening, I think this is a really great practice to help you develop more personal relationships with these archetypes and with the deeper invitations of your life. So Angel, what are your what are your cards? Like what's your life card and what's your 2020 card? Uh well my life card is well it's 11. Okay. So for me that's strength in my deck. Yeah. Lust strength card. But that swaps, right? Yeah, okay. there's one pairing in the tarot that gets a little Gemini in the sense that the justice card and the strength card are sometimes switched. So some decks will have strength as 8 and justice as 11, and other decks will have justice as 8 and strength as 11. And that just depends on how you like to practice with the tarot. Right. So, so yeah. So for me, I mean, the deck that I use primarily, yeah, yeah, it makes it, it has it as the strength card. So you connect to 11 as strength, mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense, which is about like going into the heart yeah. And turning away from what society thinks you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that actually, honey, like that really connects to what you were saying earlier. Like being so hard on yourself because like you haven't achieved the dreams that your seven-year-old had. But some of those dreams that your seven-year-old had maybe like were about impressing other people or about proving themselves to other people. Right. And strength is about proving yourself to yourself. Like mm -hmm. doing what your heart needs, you know? Yeah. It's going a step beyond the ego. Yeah, that I think is, yeah, very, that definitely resonates. And strength is having the strength to begin that inward journey, mm -hmm. which you've done, you know? And there's a real creativity element to it as well. Yeah, totally. It? Connected to Leo. So yeah. it's all about that creative expression. Yeah. So, yeah, so I really vibe that. Uh, but then this year, I'm in a moon year, which is funny because... I'm looking at the deck sitting next to me, and the moon card is sitting on top as we speak. Oh, hey, girl. Uh, She's like, she was don't the last one about I pulled. Me. Uh, and interesting that you're reading a book about the shadow. Yes. Because the moon is all about that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm writing a script about the shadow. Like, yeah, I'm very connected to that space right now. That's beautiful. And it has a lot to do with, like, intuition, right? And connecting to, like, your spirit self on some level. Yeah, I always say the moon is the temple that the high priestess tends. Right. Meaning that the high priestess is able to access those deeper states of the moon. So, like, think of the high priestess as the dreamer, but the moon is the dream. Hmm. So I'm living the dream this year. <laughs> Honey. But we all know dreams are strange. Uh, yeah. Dreams are weird. You know, moving into that landscape of the unknown, the moon is connected to Pisces, which is that sign that is most easily lost, you know, in the wilds of imagination, mysticism, spirituality, and intuition. Yeah, girl. My head don't know which way it's going on the pillow. I'm like, is it going down? Is it going up? It all wow. feels the same. Well, that's crazy for both of us. So like you're in a moon year and I'm in a hanged man year. So we're both in like different ways, just in like deep spiritual surrender this year. Totally. We're both just like, oh, fuck. Well, it's a good year then to be kind of in hibernation and <laughs> communion yeah. with yourself. Yeah, totally. At least for us. We're, we're doing the work. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's interesting too, just to think on the cycles element of it. Uh, the last time I I had a moon year was 2011, mm. which was actually kind of the first year of our relationship. Oh, <laughs> and didn't that just feel like a dream? It did feel like a dream. It also felt like getting lost into like some like 
cosmic soup. Yeah. Well, and to share too much, possibly, like pretty early on in our relationship, I think some stuff started to come up for you out of like being in relationship in this way. So like some darker, shadowy stuff was being revealed to you that you needed to move through. Oh my gosh, definitely. So, uh, but yeah, I tend to live actually a lot either in that like back end from sort of like the star on. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of like the star to the world. Wow. Transits. And then I'm doing... Healing to completion. Healing to completion. Yeah. And then I also have a lot of like emperor through like justice as well. I kind of... I always go back and reset at the emperor, it seems like. Oh my gosh. You know what's so funny is... Hmm. And I guess this makes sense mathematically. 2011 for me was a hanged man year again. <laughs> right. <laughs> so whenever I'm in hanged man year in the moon. Yeah. Which I guess is it's good. Like we're both in different spiritual cycles. So does that mean whenever I'm in the sun, you're in death? Uh, I don't know. When's the last time you were in the sun? <laughs> 2018? Uh, mm, 2012. Oh, yeah. 2012, I was in death. And 2030, I'll be in death again. Oh, and next year, 2021, I'll be in death again. Damn, bitch. I know. Stop dying. I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep being reborn over and over. Girl, let me tell you. I can't keep up with the transformation at hands. Actually, you know what? 2030 is the last year that I'll be in death. Okay. And then I'll never have to see her again. Funnily, I haven't seen the tower since the year 2000. And it was interesting going back and tracking it. I was like, fuck, that was such a tower year for me. Oh, wow. Like everything was coming down. I get the tower like every nine years. All right. Well, I hope she's not coming again soon. No, not till 2024. All right. I can take some time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's actually an emperor year for me. Oh, wow. Well, that'll be a nice year for you. But anyhow, you can go on and on through your own cycles of this because it can definitely just take you on a journey. Yeah, as you've just witnessed us <laughs> try to curtail for oh, ourselves. Wait, what about, what about? Um, oh my gosh. But what I thought I would do just like really briefly in case some of y'all are like, but what if I don't have time to go back and listen to that Major Arcana episode? Right. I'm just going to go through the Major Arcana very quickly and I'm going to give you a word or two so that you can use that word to start to meditate on how that energy might be um, really showing up for you in your life or in your year. Oh, I like that. Um, So the fool doesn't get, no one's going to get the fool because it's zero. So nobody's birth date is going to add up to zero. We're all fools. We're all fools. So the magician is one. The magician is creativity. The magician is communication. The magician is magic. Two is the high priestess. The high priestess is intuition. The high priestess is allowance, passivity, and mystery. Mm. Three is the empress, and the empress is passion. She's luxury. She's the mother archetype. And so there's a fertility and a different sort of creativity. There's nature's creativity in the empress. Four is the emperor. It's claiming space. It's standing tall. It's teaching and leading. Five is the hierophant. Hierophant is spiritual mystery, tradition. Um, The hierophant are the rituals and the outer structures that allow for the deeper spiritual mysteries to come through. Some call the hierophant the shaman um, or the tradition card. Six is the lovers, and the lovers is, of course, about love, but it's also about choice. What do you choose to love? What parts of yourself are you choosing to love? The lovers is adolescence in our development, so that's where you individuate, which is a great word for the lovers. How are you really individuating? Mm. Seven is the chariot, which is all about right relationship with your will and ambition. So low vibe, chariot's all about the ego, doing whatever it wants. High vibe, the chariot is about your soul using your life as its vehicle for expression. Eight for me is strength. We talked about strength going into the heart, a step beyond the ego. Nine is the hermit, which is turning inwards, which is connecting to your inner divinity, which is isolation so that you can return to the source of your power and then be a teacher to others. 
10 is the Wheel of Fortune, which is change connected to Jupiter and expansion and abundance. It's when your outer web reweaves itself because inside you've been doing some changes. Y'all born with that Wheel of Fortune. Congrats. Girl, I know. You're going to be rich. 11 is justice for the way that I work with things. Yeah, but I'm curious to hear it now knowing. Justice is an understanding of the vision of your life. Justice is where you pick up the mantle of your work and you do it because you realize that you are here to right some wrongs, to bring about balance and restore justice. It's an intense card because it's where you have a crisis of consciousness where you're like, am I really doing with my life what I came here to do? And you understand what it is that you're here to do. Okay, so that's also me. And so then the hanged man, which is where you have to surrender to that. The hanged man is like, okay, that's what I'm here to do, so I'm surrendering to it. It's connected to Neptune, mysticism, spirituality, letting go and letting goddess. So is it surrendering to your purpose? Yeah, totally. Mm. That's justice, surrendering to your purpose. Oh, no. So justice is understanding the purpose. Yeah. And then the hanged man is... Surrendering to your purpose. And then death is the identity death and rebirth that comes from that. So it's, you know, we should do Madonna's cards, not to make this episode so Madonna centric, but I wonder if she's like, I wonder if she's like got the death card all the time because she's always reinventing herself, you know, right? Because death is death and rebirth. And then temperance, which comes after the death card is about the inner core of your personality being revealed. Once you've gone through the ego death, we actually get an experience of who you really are underneath all of that. 15 is the devil, which is returning to physical reality for all the good times that are available there. The jokes and the sex and the drinking and the drugs and the food and the shopping. And so the devil is coming to terms with your own inner darkness so that you can partner with it and not be afraid of it. Sounds like my 20s. But if you are a devil card, you know, perhaps addiction is something that you're going to be spending your life looking at or becoming a specialist in doesn't mean that you're gonna spend your whole life addicted you know you could be a really amazing counselor or psychotherapist helping people who have addictive problems tower is liberation if you are a tower you are here to liberate yourself and the world from the false comfortable prisons of illusion honey star is about healing you are here to be a healer and experience your own healing it's self-care on the deepest cosmic level connected to aquarius giving us that big picture that we need to see the patterns The moon, we talked about it. That's about strangeness. That's about the things that are only visible in the darkness. That's about the intuition and the dream time and allowing that queerness that permeates all things. Then we move to the sun, which is simple joys, which is illumination, clarity. It's like what I experienced yesterday, just like laying in the sun and letting it warm my heart. That's sun. It's getting to the end of a long journey, sun year, sun lives. It's like things need to be easy, optimism, um, leaning into the joys of direct experience. Uh, 2021 can't come fast enough. Then we move to judgment, which is transformation achieved. So death is an invitation to transformation. Judgment is transformation achieved. So those of you who are living in judgment, like lifetimes, it means that you're here to kick a shit ton of karma. It means you're here to be different than you were in the past. You're here to heal your ancestral lines. Those that have uh, judgment years, you need to respect and acknowledge that you are very different now and you can't keep behaving in the same old way. Judgment is a portal that takes us into a new way of being. And then we get to the world, which is completion, which is graduation, which is success and fulfillment, and also the beginning of another cycle. So those that have the world as their life cards, it's a very mysterious card to have. Um, And I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly what that means to have the world as a life card. But I know when it shows up as a year card, it means like a serious graduation and completion of a long cycle, right? Like these are 21 card cycles, but sometimes these are 40 year cycles. Like the first time I will ever have the world as a year card for me is when I'm 44 years old. So that means something's going to happen to me at 44, which is going to be the completion of a really long, probably 44 year old cycle. So it's a lot, but it's also not a lot. And you can (laughs) engage with it however you want to engage with it. Um, but do the math. Figure out your life card. Let us know what this is illuminated for you. And if you're into this sort of esoteric tarot scholarship, then you definitely want to be a part of our class when we do it again in the fall. Now, quick question for you. Um, 
if you, so for example, I'm an, it's an 11 year for me or I'm an 11, uh, but it's, it adds up to 38. Do you think there's any weight to the three and the eight that make up the 11? Like, is there something to, yeah, to the strength and the empress combined? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, look, like there are so many different ways to go about it. And if that resonates for you, I would lean into it for sure. In the same way that like you're an 11, but that also adds up to two. And so I call you a justice high priestess, you know? Right. Now I say don't do that for the year cards because you can always add up the the double digits to get to a single digit. And then you're never going to be able to see your life through the aperture of a later card. But for the life cards, yeah, I think you can, you can be like an 11 slash three. You know what I mean? Or a 21 slash three. Or, you know, an 18 slash nine. And that gives, you know, so you're two cards. Got it. Yeah. All right, cool. And have somebody like, you know, take a second look at your math. (laughs) Or just use a calculator. That's how I do it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So speaking of cards, we're just going to pull one. Because that's how we do things here at the Spiritual Gaze Headquarters. Boop, boop. So take a moment, tune in. This card is going to represent the message, the meaning that is going to be of most of value to you, no matter the future place or time to which you're listening to this episode. And if you have a particular question, if you're seeking clarity in some realm of your life, just stir up everything you're feeling about that. Let the cards pick it up. And just trust that the perfect card, the perfect message is going to be revealed to you. All right, so the card I've pulled for all of us is the Five of Pentacles reversed. Whoa. So the Five of Pentacles is physical contraction. It's nobody's favorite card, but I actually think it too is misaligned. It gets a bad rap because five, even though it is sacred contraction, five is also where spirit comes in. The four elements and then the fifth element, which is spirit, which is ether. So the five of pentacles is actually the opportunity for all of us to invite spirit in to whatever contraction we're experiencing in the physical world. So I'm even thinking back to what you said about like spirit should be the first call you make in the morning, that if we're so entrenched in the physical, it becomes the prison. And so the five of pentacles kind of breaks things down so that there's some room for spirit to come in. So five of pentacles is a breakdown. It is rock bottom. It's when I sprained my ankle. It are these sorts of physical things that happen to us so that we can invite spirit in. The good news is it came in upside down, which means it's softer. It's gentler. It doesn't have to be a broken bone. It can just be, you know, a little, oh, that could have been bad. You know, it's like, pay attention. Pay attention to what is giving way in your life as a no longer tenable structure or way of doing things and invite spirit in to help you. Um, that's really where five of pentacles shows up. It's, it's when we are being charged to ask for help and it's not just help from other people. It's help from spirit. And I always think about people who like only pray when shit's going South. Do you know what I mean? Like that's so five of pentacles. Mm. Like when life's going good and we're like, no, I got it. Like, I don't need you spirit. Like, I don't need you goddess. Like exactly. And then all of a sudden, like something bad happens and you're like on your knees and you're like, Lord, help me. Exactly. Please. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's very human, but the five of pentacles shows up to say like, Hey, maybe you could like be inviting spirit in all the time, not just when shit gets bad. And sometimes like shit has to get bad for you to remember that you're not here doing this all on your own. And so I would just say for all of us, let us try in these weeks coming forwards to make spirit that first call in the morning. And Mm -hmm. things don't have to go all the way South for us to remember that there is divine assistance for us at every turn. The call is coming from inside. Your soul. Oh, well, then that's a really beautiful thing to say, honey, because, you know, divinity is both outside of us and inside of us. And it's very easy to surrender our own divinity to some sort of like big Godhead figure outside of ourselves. Yeah. 
But remember, you can pray inwards. You know, that call you make in the morning is to your own divinity as well. God, goddess, the compassionate cosmos lives in you, not just around you. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank all of you. Yes. The Spiritual Gaze community is lifeblood for us and is keeping us going in these challenging times. And it is our honor to step into these roles as as teachers and healers and guides and friends. Yeah, we feel like we've actually really gotten to forge some relationships with you all. And uh, we love that. So. Yeah. We hope we continue to build even more relationship with you all and eventually even get to like spend some actual physical quality time with some of you in the future. 2023. 2023. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. So as always, we humbly ask you to leave us a review, rate us five stars, share us with your friends, your family, um, and don't hesitate to reach out to us via Instagram, where the spiritual gaze, G A Y Z, on the Facebook, the spiritual gaze. You can always send us an email at the spiritual gaze at gmail.com or visit our gorgeous website at www.thespiritualgaze.com. She's all there for you. And we've got our Gemini season webinar that's coming up. Whoop, whoop. So please join us for that. We've got our online uh, breathwork healing circles happening every other Saturday. Join us for that. I teach yoga. Saturday mornings every other Saturday so you can join me you won't see Angel but he's practicing on the other side of the camera yes. um, and yeah, we're here you can always you. reach out to us uh, in regards to like healings or readings uh, you can find all that information on our website so until next time you gorgeous beautiful rebel hearts this has been your transit through the, the spiritual, spiritual game, game.